on the air and streaming on the web since 1996, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Showcasing beloved favorites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
Ramsgate in Kent, England. It's a very warm welcome once again to the first part of a latest edition of the Symbolic Sound Radio Podcast's Archive Show. I am your host, Jason Drury, podcaster, producer, just back from Canada, and proud member of the IFMCA, thanking you very much again for joining us on this show. Before we start another crawl through through music's past and near present, I must not forget to say a big hello to our Cinematic Sound Radio patrons. And if you want to join the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast patron, then please head over to patreon.com slash cinematic sound radio. Also, I would really like if you could rate and review the show. I really would like to read what you think of this humble offering. and may even read a review out on the show, possibly with my eyes closed. We started the show with music from the already classic Steven Spielberg film Ready Player One, with music composed and conducted by Alan Silvestri and performed by the Hollywood Studio Symphony, the film of which is already five years old. Where did that time go, for God's sake? We continue the show by showcasing a film made 35 years before Ready Player One which features a truly memorable score by James Horner. Gorky Park is a 1983 mystery thriller based on the book of the same name by Martin Cruz Smith, with the screenplay written by the renowned Dennis Potter. The film was directed by the sadly recently deceased Michael Apted and featured a strong cast including William Hurt, Lee Marvin, Joanna Pakula, Ricky Fulton, Brian Dennehy, Ian McDermott, Michael Elphick and Ian Bannon. The plot follows Renko, a Moscow police investigator, on a trail of a gruesome triple murder that leads him into a web of government corruption. The score for the film was composed by James Horner to see out his breakthrough score, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Discussing what appealed to him about the composer, Michael Abted said in an interview, quote, I just loved his usefulness his enthusiasm for wanting to do it, and the kind of eclectic knowledge that he had. I mean, he had a lot of information about different cultures of music. His was an important kind of quality to give it a kind of Russian feel that I needed to have, unquote. The distinctive sound of the score comes from Horner's use of his jazz fusion approach, first used in Forche Aris, composed the previous year in 1982. But this time in a Russian tone, with the use of balalaikas and cymbalan integrating with full orchestras, as well as Craig Huxley's blaster beam purring in the background. The resulting score, like Renko, lives on a knife edge of uncertainty, playing with shifting tonalities, with alternating expression and repression. Now, since this original issue 40 years ago on the Verez Saraband label, the score for Gorky Park has been reissued twice. First by Kurt Sutherland Records in 2011, and expanded by Entrada Records in 2014. This new release, in a form which I think will never be bettered, is from La La Land Records and is remastered by friend of the show Chris Ballone in his usual impressive fashion. Now, the switch we're about to hear features many film versions of the cues, which incorporates pieces from Tchaikovsky of Swan Lake and his 1812 Overture as overlays. The reason, if you've seen the film, you will know why that is the case. So here now is music from the 1983 Russian-based thriller Gorky Park, original score composed and conducted by James Horner and performed by the Hollywood Studio Symphony Orchestra. 
That was music from the 1983 thriller Gorky Park, which was scored, composed, and conducted by James Horner and performed by the Hollywood Studio Symphony Orchestra. The original soundtrack recording has been re released in its definitive edition, in my opinion, on the La La Land Records label. Showcasing beloved favourites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Now, do you remember this? Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man. Better than he was before. Better, stronger, Faster. Yes, that was the main title of the 1970s classic TV series of the Six Billion Dollar Man, which at the moment in the UK is having its first full screening in decades on the on legend the iconic theme of the six million dollar man was composed by a composer who is largely forgotten these days mainly due to the fact that we lost him at a very very young age and at the peak of his powers oliver nelson oliver nelson began playing piano at age six and picked up the saxophone when he was 11. later he continued his musical education at Washington University in St. Louis, as well as studying with composer Elliot Carter. Nelson gained practical experience by playing in bands with Erskine Hawkins, Louis Belson, Quincy Jones and Duke Ellington. In the late 1950s, he began recording with his own ensemble and earned attention as a promising jazz artist with the release of LPs such as The Blues and the Abstract Truth in 1961. In the world of film, one of his better-known efforts was for the score of Alfie in 1966, which he collaborated with saxman Sonny Rollins. The breadth of Nelson's ability as an arranger orchestrator is also demonstrated by his contribution to the film Last Tango in Paris in 1972, which he collaborated with composer Gato Barberi. Nelson always gave the best of his craft working in television for Universal, producing some very memorable credits. Ironside, It Takes a Thief, Wad Serling's Night Gallery, A Name of the Game, the Columbo episode The Greenhouse Jungle, which incidentally was a replacement score with the original composed by Paul Glass, and of course the series which Oliver Nelson is best known for, The Six Million Dollar Man. It has been suggested that Nelson's hectic schedule, which included work as a composer, arranger, performer and teacher, 
may have helped to bring about his early death. A confirmed workaholic who always orchestrated every note of his scores, he finished recording a score for the $6 million man in late October 1975 and died a few hours later, suffering a fatal heart attack at the age of just 43. More than one colleague said that Nelson literally worked himself to death. Now, there's been very little of Oliver Nelson's music released, especially none yet from the $6 million man. But in 2006, FSM released music from a score which musical soundscape could be linked to Nelson's melodic drives in supporting a certain Colonel Austin. Zigzag, also released as False Witness, is a 1970s thriller directed by Richard A. Kohler and starring George Kennedy and was one of Nelson's few feature scores. In order to collect a ransom offered by the family of a kidnapped industrialist, a terminally ill man frames himself for the crime, but he accidentally uncovers the real culprit. The score to Zigzag is only 26 minutes in length, but it's an exercise in style in the delicate art of symphonic jazz, with an emphasis on third percussion, bass, flute and piano, but helped by strong brass and violin sections. For the score, Nelson provided a pair of evocative themes and jazz-based undercurrents, with action cues anticipating his work on The Six Million Dollar Man. So here now is music from the 1970 thriller Zigzag, original score composed and conducted by Oliver Nelson.
That was music for the 1970 thriller Zigzag, the original score composed and conducted by Oliver Nelson, with the original soundtrack recording released in 2006, paired with another score, Supercops by Jerry Fielding by FSM Records. But staying on the subject of all things bionic,
Yes, that was Jamie's theme from the spin-off series to the Six Million Dollar Man, the Bionic Room. It starred so memorably Lindsay Wagner, with music composed and conducted by Joe Harnell, of whom my friend Lee Phillips spoke very highly of during our interview for Talking Soundtracks recently on how he collaborated with Harnell on a special suite for V classic two-part science fiction miniseries written and directed by Kevin Johnson, first shown in 1983. It initiated the science fiction fantasies concerning aliens known as the Visitors trying to gain control of Earth and how the populace reacts. From the promo album released by Supertrax, here is writer-director Kevin Johnson's thoughts of his long-term collaboration with Joe Harnell. Quote, from the very beginning, I was anxious to have the music for V be as grand and epic as the tale I wanted to tell. So naturally, I went to my friend Joe Harnell, who had been working for me for years on The Bionic Woman and The Incredible Hulk. Joe was ideally suited to bring a classical approach to V, having trained in the classics, studying with Aaron Copeland, among others. As we often did, Joe and I used other composers and their work for reference. I was particularly fond of the 12-8 figure used by Bernard Herrmann in North by Northwest, which had a wonderful rolling momentum to it. When Joe first read the script for V, he liked it a great deal, particularly the surprise that the aliens had come to steal the water. But he felt I haven't made enough of water as an element through the piece, and I realised he was right. I went back and inserted references and visualizations of water all the way through. We strengthened the visual impact of the picture even more. Once we began filming, Joe came to the set one day when we were in the middle of the big opening battle. He was very concerned as he sat with me in the trailer. He wasn't sure he was able to do the score because he was going to have to go in for heart bypass surgery. He was much more concerned about disappointing me than about the thought of his oncoming surgery. This is typical of the professionalism and concern for the project that Joe has always brought to his work. I showed him that he would make it work, and we did. Unquote. Now here is a piece of music for one of the main battle set pieces of Joe Hartnell's amazing score for V. Orchestrated by Don Davis and engineered by Robert Fernandez on the Warner Brothers scoring stage, it is a real joy to behold. Here now is music from the 1984 classic sci-fi miniseries V, the original score composed and conducted by Joe Harnell.
That was a piece of music from the 1984 classic sci-fi miniseries, the original score composed and conducted by Joe Harnell. The original soundtrack recording was from a promo release from Supertrax Records. The home for beloved favourites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Next up on the show is music from Hammett, a 1982 neo-war mystery film directed by Wim Wenders and executive produced by Francis Ford Coppola. The screenplay was by Ross Thomas and Dennis O'Flaherty, based on the novel of the same name by Joe Gauls. The film starred Frederick Forrest as the detective story writer Dashiell Hammett, who gets caught up in a mystery very much like one of his own stories. The film also stars Mario Hedda, Kit Conga and Peter Boyle. The composer of this film, which score has been recently released its complete form by Silver Screen Records, is the great John Barry. Capturing the mood immediately after the opening credits, a languorous blues arranged for piano and clarinet, it creates a salty ambulance indicative of Hammett's chaotic lifestyle and the seedy world he inhabits. The remainder of the score features two other motifs more menacing in mood, but no less suspenseful for it. The first is heard during the Hammett's dream sequence, the other acknowledging the Chinese elements of the plot. By Barry's usual standards, the orchestra ensemble is mainly rather sparse in size, with 34 musicians used in day one, a mere four in one evening, moving up to a maximum of 38 during the final day of recording, which reflected Barry's sole aim of producing a sparse and concise score, with his usual large string contingent reduced to just 22 players, supported by two principal soloists. The two Langs, Ronnie on clarinet, alto sax and Mike on piano. Even the normally busy brass section amounted to just three, a French horn, trumpet and trombone. Although Hammett the film may have experienced somewhat of a critical backlash since its release, one aspect shines above all the criticism and that is the music. Although this piece remains often overlooked, it is an underrated classic of its field. The music now will get the exposure it thoroughly deserves, thanks to this new release from Silver Screen. New discovery from John Barry fans, new and old, and hopefully a deserved wider audience.
Bachelor's music from the 1982 neo-war mystery film Hammett, with original score composed and conducted by John Barry, with the original soundtrack recording recently being released in a remastered expanded edition by Silver Screen Records. This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Now he started the show by playing music from Ready Player One, which is already a mind-blowing five years old. We end part one of the show with music from a film which is 40, yes, 40 years old, and it's a true film music classic. The Right Stuff, the epic historical drama written and directed by Philip Kaufman and based on the 1979 book of the same name by Tom Wolfe. The film followed the Navy, Marine and Air Force test pilots who were involved in aeronautical research at Edwards Air Force Base, California, as well as the Mercury 7 the seven military pilots who were selected to be the astronauts for Project Mercury, the first human spaceflight by the United States. The film starred Sam Shepard, Ed Harris, Scott Glenn, Fred Ward, Dennis Quaid and Barbara Hersey, with the original score composed so memorably by Bill Conti. There is an entry during the end credits of this film. It turned out to be a little fib. Original soundtrack available on Geffen Records. This soundtrack album was cancelled following the film's disappointing box office returns. In 1986, Conti conducted re-recordings of selections from the score, as well as his music from North and South, performed by the London Symphony Orchestra, and released on Barret's Saraband. The original soundtrack was finally released also on Barret's Saraband in September 2013, which was prepared from the 1983 album mix as the original masters of the complete score are sadly lost. It is from the 2013 Verez release that we delve into to finish part one of this show. The Q Jaeger's Triumph, a full bloated restatement of the film's major themes, unabashedly emotional and proudly heroic. The Q demonstrated Bill Conti fresh for his work on the Rocky films, was the right man to compose the score for the right stuff. A composer who was always unafraid of providing what the film required. In this case, unadulterated grandeur. So let's end part one of this edition of the Archive on the Cinematic Zone Radio podcast by listening to Jaeger's Triumph from the 1983 epic historical drama the Right Stuff, with the Academy Award-winning score, composed conducted by Bill Conti and performed by the Hollywood Studio Symphony Orchestra, the original soundtrack recording of which was released in 2013 by Verez Saraband Records. Thank you very much for joining us once again. I do hope you've enjoyed part one of the show. Part two will be with you very, very soon. But until then, for me, Jason Drury, is take care and happy listening.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sinsound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to TeePublic to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net. <laughs>